Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast presented by thesportster.com and Anchor.fm. My name is Jim Parsons, man. we got a great show for you today. Brandon is back and we get into some heated debates about certain topics including WrestleMania, including Revolution Pay-Per-View, the difference in booking between AEW and WWE, and all sorts of fun topics. We're going to do all of that on this episode, episode number 47 of the Smart Marks Wrestling Podcast presented by thesportster.com and on Anchor.fm. We've got so much to go through. We have what feels like two or three different pay-per-views. We've got another one coming up in like a week. There's tons going on, and we needed to bring in another hand to help us with covering all of the title changes and all of the storyline development and the changes and surprises and whatever else. Brandon's with us. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. How's it going, Jim? Good. Good. Um, First things first, got to ask you, are you one of the people who is all like up in arms about all the changes or are you in favor of all the changes? And we're going to talk about a number of them, but um, everybody seems to be all pissy about what happened at super showdown. Are you one of those people or are you good with it? I don't understand the whole Goldberg thing, but I guess this is their way of getting Roman Reigns back on top. I'd imagine. So I, I mean, I assume there's a reason for it. Uh, the tag team, if I'm fine with, uh, if we're including Braun Strowman winning the IC title, you know, what's his name, forever ago now? Yeah, I know it wasn't yeah. long ago, but it feels like it can have relative to what's already happened since then. Um, I'm fine with it. I mean, it seems like it's, you know, you, you can never be, uh, you can never say it's too late, but it seems like this is just like a long time coming for him to finally get a championship. And now it just seems like it's swept under the rug compared to everything else that's happened. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll I'm, go I'm there too. I kind of like that storyline, but we'll go there for sure. Oh, I, I'm fine let's, with it too. Let's. It just it seems like it's a long time coming, and now it's finally like yes. there's so much else has happened that it's been like almost like a side, you know. Like, yeah, I yeah that is the true. Has been the other major changes have taken the news headlines for sure, yeah. which leaves Strowman and the rest pretty much everything in WWE kind of a second fiddle. Um, okay, let's. I mean, there's a couple pay per views to go through. It's WrestleMania rebound, like all the stuff that was the fallout or leading up to uh, the show. But let's start with the Super Showdown. Let's start with the big one that's on everybody's minds. And we've written a ton of articles on thesportster.com about it. We've written, I don't know how many, read how many different takes on what happened. The Goldberg-Fiend match seems to be the one that everybody's focused on right now. Um, I, I get it, and I hate it, but I get it. Um, I guess what I what I would say is that it all goes back to WWE putting the title on the Fiend, and they never should have. Am yeah, I wrong I, there? No, and I think we said that for for I mean a long time about it. The guy is he's money, right? And yeah. making him the champion, putting him in the title in the title in the first place made no sense because this is some unbeatable character that is larger than life. It's like the Undertaker almost, where yeah, he he be- the Undertaker is different because he did benefit from having the title at, at certain points. But the Fiend, it seems like he never needed it. Not that he didn't deserve it, because again, if you're the top guy, you probably should have it. But he never needed it, at least not now, for what he was and what he was, you know, bringing to the table. And then all of a sudden, you put him in the title picture and you give him the title, and you just you created a hole for yourself. And we talked about it how they really like back themselves into a wall. And we tried to say like, well, maybe the red light is the issue. Well, the red light was gone. Maybe you know it's going to be something with the rabbit, and the rabbit had nothing to do with it. 
um, that to eventually be his weakness, you know? And then eventually it just, it was the very, and I think we also predicted this as well, the very WWE ending where it was just, oh, we decided to take the title off of him. And yeah, yeah well, I, this, I think you're right. This whole match, and I wrote an article about it today, this whole match felt like it was a last-minute change just thrown together. Like, yeah. here's what I'm envisioning happening, and this is what I wrote today, and this is what I sort of read and heard, that The Fiend was going to win. Like, this was probably set up originally that the Goldberg were going to wrestle a match. Goldberg was brought in to be a big name for the Super Showdown show, and that's how these things work. And The Fiend was going to beat him and go to WrestleMania and wrestle Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns would probably win, and at that point, WWE would have time to build up all that stuff we just talked about. The red light, the weakness, all that other crap. They would have been able to build that up. But all of a sudden, Vince probably got cold feet, realized that Roman Reigns is going to get booed out of the building. If they do that, because The Fiend is super popular and Roman Reigns is still iffy with the fans, that he couldn't do it. He just was like, oh, shoot, if I do this and The Fiend goes in the champion and Roman Reigns challenges for him, no one will cheer for Roman Reigns. And when he wins it, he'll get booed like crazy. So if we're going to have anybody get booed, we should have Goldberg get booed because he's a part-timer. He can be polarizing and nobody cares. He'll be gone in a little bit. After WrestleMania, he won't be back. Like, that's probably what happened. And as a result because they needed to make a quick fix and switch things up and have Cena go against The Fiend and Goldberg go against Roman Reigns, they threw this together last minute, so they had no time to do all that stuff. And so that's what I think happened, is that all of a sudden they're like, oh, crap, we can't do this. And all the writers and all the bookers and everybody was like, this is a terrible idea, you can't have The Fiend lose. And that's where this whole title thing came in and was a huge mistake because... Like, at the end of the day, and I watched it on SmackDown, The Fiend was fine. Like, he came yeah. back out, he challenged John Cena, and no one really blinked at the fact that he had just lost to Goldberg the day before. No, who cares but, that he had the title in the first place? He was, he's right. The Fiend. And, he's, he's a, he's and, a, and essentially what's going to happen now is he'll probably beat Cena at WrestleMania. He'll go on to do what he was going to do anyway, and yeah. this Goldberg thing will be a blip on his resume. But and the that, issue is that it happened. Right, and that sucks, because had WWE done what they wanted to probably do, that wouldn't have happened. And so now everybody's all up in arms about the fact that you built this huge monster that nobody could beat. He beat Seth Rollins, he beat Finn Balor, he beat Daniel Bryan, he beat all, all of these people and he couldn't be stopped. And, and was by the way, like a minute like and a half. Legitimately unstoppable. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And that was just to fix a problem that they walked themselves into. And that that's a huge issue for me. Not that The Fiend lost. I mean, I don't like that he lost because eventually he's going to lose. And if you're the title holder, you got to lose the title at some point. Nobody holds on to it forever. But... That they walked themselves into this issue is where I'm. I have the issue. It's like, oh, you guys should have seen this coming. Like this is absolutely insane that you did this, and you had to know it was coming. And now this is what you've gotten. And it's not that the fiend is going to be affected. It's everyone else around him that's affected. It's Goldberg who's getting booed out of the building now because he beat the fiend and nobody wanted that. It's Roman Reigns who everyone now knows is going to get pushed to the moon, and people still don't want that. You know, it's John Cena who's probably going to have to lose to The Fiend at WrestleMania. Like, all these other people are getting affected by this. And WWE needed to see this coming, and they didn't. And that's that's what really bothers me about it. I don't actually care that The Fiend lost. I just care that they walked themselves into this loss, and they should have known better. Yeah, well, I, I've got a few issues with it. And I'll kind of, you know, try and keep it segmented and not too, uh, like, on a tangent and go yeah, off in different it. directions. Because uh, we, we could have a whole show about just The Fiend right now and, like, how this affects everything else, right? Like, we could have 30, well, 40 I, minutes I, each. I, I kind of assumed that this would take most of the show today, so it's all good. <laughs> so one of my issues, it's, it's right in line with yours, is WWE had to have seen this coming because if they didn't, there's a big issue because we saw it coming, right? Before he even had the title, we saw it coming, and they didn't. 
Or if they did, they really took the WWE way out. And like I said, that's an issue for me because you just expect it at this point. You look at AEW just to you know throw it to something relevant right now. And, and you're talking about long-term booking and even, I mean, I, I don't want to like spoil too much later on the show, like what we're going to talk about, but with, I assume we're going to talk about Revolution at some to some extent. And we're going to talk about how Chris Jericho lost the title. Well, Chris Jericho has a tour coming up with Fozzie. You don't think that maybe they figured if we get the belt off of him now, people won't see, uh, won't see it coming. Whereas in a few months, people are going to think, oh, well, he's on tour with Fozzie. He's probably going to lose the title. So that's long-term yeah. booking right there. Right now, you can look back even you know months ago when you know the chair shot from uh, Sean Spears. He had mentioned it with uh, Chris Van Vliet on his show, how Cody Rhodes basically pushed Darby Allen to the moon, despite Allen losing, right? Allen was pushed to the moon and looked incredible in that match. Sean Spears came out, became a monster hit with that chair shot, and then MJF came out. So basically, you set up the current feud with Sean Spears and the future, which is now the current feud with MJF, all in a matter of 20 minutes. That's long-term booking. It's all planned out. For WWE, it's just, oh, well, this Fiend thing is really, it's, it's taken off. We should just push this to the moon. Oh, we don't know what to do with this. I guess we'll just bring Goldberg back in. You know, like with Kevin Owens uh, years ago when it was him and Chris Jericho and they had that whole angle going. And then Goldberg came in to set up him versus Brock Lesnar. Well, guess what? Nobody cared about that match to the point where uh, it was almost like, I mean, obviously everyone's going to watch it because they want to know who's going to win. But did you really have an, an invested, invested like rooting interest in who was going to win that match between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg? I mean, personally, I didn't. I mean, I didn't care who was going to come out, and we knew the crowd was going to boo it, right? It, I knew they wanted to set up the match that years ago they should have had without the booing. But all they did was make it so it was going to be booed again. They did it with um, CM Punk had his whole summer of Punk, and he had the 434 day reign or whatever it was, and then Rock comes and takes it from him before WrestleMania. So they do this time and time again, where it's just it's almost like it's expected. And then, like you said, yeah, they're trying to push Roman Reigns. So basically, you couldn't give him the title uh, directly from Kofi Kingston. That would have been foolish. So Bray Wyatt comes in, and he becomes you know almost an immune. Um, he wasn't going to get booed if he won that title. So they they took the heat off of you know anybody else, gave it to um, the the Fiend, no problem. But like we said, the Fiend never should have gotten it. So now they figure, well, we don't want the Fiend to get booed or to have this whole thing like crumble up beneath us, so we're going to give it to Goldberg, who could just take the heat at WrestleMania. But the issue with that is who cares what Roman Reigns versus Goldberg right now when they know that they could have had you know, any of the other combination of matches they wanted with the Fiend versus Roman Reigns and see like, who wins that match, Roman Reigns or the Fiend. right? That could have been an interesting storyline. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg, we probably think Roman Reigns is going to win it. And the Fiend versus John Cena, we think the Fiend's probably going to win it. So it just takes away some of the guesswork. And if let's say they don't win it, why did Goldberg beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, and why did John Cena be the Fiend at WrestleMania? There's really no good way it comes, like any good to come out of this. And I think that's my biggest issue with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I actually don't mind these matches, like the Goldberg and Roman Reigns. I'm good with it. A spear oh, versus spear match, match. Yeah, yeah. and knowing we, we, knowing yeah. that Roman Reigns will probably win, it doesn't bother me because I mean, it's it's now totally illogical to think that Goldberg's going to win, right? Like. He's got the title. He's got to lose the title because he's not sticking around. And you got to know that Roman Reigns is going to win this thing. You probably can guess that Cena will lose to the Fiend to give Fiend that you know monstrous pushback, and Cena's not going to stick around. So why have him win if he's just going to leave? So you kind of know the outcomes of these. WWE screams like a company right now that is making decisions to troll people, right? Like everybody thinks they know what's happening, so WWE does the opposite. And that really, you talk about long-term booking, 
if they're doing that is a huge mistake. You cannot do what you're doing because you think the fans won't see it coming. Like do that if that's what you want to do and what you always wanted to do. But don't do that because all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, everybody's predicting this and this and this. We better change it. Like you got to do what's best for the company. You got to do what's best for the superstars. You got to do what's best for your storylines to screw the fans. Yeah. Give them what they want, obviously, and give them it. But do what you think is best for your characters and your storyline and all that stuff. I like the idea. I would have liked better if Cena and The Fiend were wrestling for the title because there's this chance that Cena wins the 17th time. I agree with that. And then breaks the record. Right? So I can see why or people would not know. Any of the four combination seems like it would have been better than what we currently have on, on paper, I feel. Like, if you well, had Reigns uh, I versus... think if you did, yeah, mate, I don't know. Because if you did Cena Goldberg, then you know Cena's winning, right? I don't know like, about that. you know is... why, I... mm. why? You know, like, what's, what's the loss here? Like, Goldberg's leaving, Cena's probably leaving, Cena will stick around long enough to lose the title, but he's going to get that 17th championship just to break well, the Well, no, record. I'm not talking about with the title, no, I'm talking about just one versus one. Oh, then I don't want to see that match at all. Okay, I have but no I'm saying at least it's a... to see Goldberg versus Cena without the title online. Well, it wouldn't be a huge main event match. I'm thinking it's just a match to you know, it is like it Rock versus Hogan, but way past the prime of, of Goldberg. And it would that, be so also bad. That, that's also my issue. The Fiend wasn't beaten with like 75 pedigrees and stomps and and weapons, but then gets beaten by a vertical suplex. And I know it's supposed to be the jackhammer. It was not the jackhammer. I don't know if you yeah. saw it or, or like if you remember, but the actual the way it went was. Can he get it or can he do it? And then I remember thinking to myself, wait, can he do this? Like, can he actually get him up in the air? Because it lasted like uh, that. That's tough. I, 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 yeah, that, it didn't look good. And I'll, I'll admit, I'll be the first to admit that. But I'm not necessarily holding Goldberg responsible for that. No, I know that he... everybody's all over him about that. But that was less about the ability to hold him up there as it was about where do I grab this guy? Like, Unless there's absolutely no leverage with but my the way that the has. What's my that? issue is with, my issue isn't with Goldberg. My issue is once again like the spear with like I took up Brock Lesnar in like 13 seconds. That was awesome. Beating the yeah. fiend who is unstoppable with I mean I know there's four spears before it or whatever it was, but just the jackhammer which became obviously just a suplex. That's what bothers me. This is an issue on WWE's booking and not on Goldberg's uh, ability to hold him up there. Goldberg's in his 50s. I don't expect Goldberg to put on five star matches the same way Chris Jericho wasn't expected to put on five star matches in AEW. At this point, it's just name, value, and presence. And not that Jericho isn't great. We know that I'm Jericho's biggest fan. I'm not ever going to bash Jericho. But Jericho's not putting on the same high-flying, flashy matches that you know he once would or that we're seeing on the rest of the AEW card. It's very much just a bruiser. Like, I'm going it, to – it's a different psychology. And I'm fine yeah, with Goldberg. Jer- Jericho's, does. Jer- I get you. Jericho's matches are, are not good, actually. But he's so good on the microphone. And he's but such a good it. character. And he knows, he knows how to reinvent himself and make himself something you talk about. It doesn't actually matter that he sucks yes. in the ring. I mean, he doesn't like, suck, but he's just not what he was. It's right? Cardang so, all over again, right? Where you're talking about these right. guys, like, they get older. Like, yes. it's, it happens. It, it, I mean, everybody's all over the fact that Goldberg won this thing. I mean, Jericho's, what, two years younger than he is? Like, it's not, there's not that huge a difference in the age group. So you can't yeah. really go, okay, well, one company's so much worse than the other because they made an old guy the champion. Well, sh- like, Chris Jericho's your champion. He's been your champion since day one, and he's, like, almost 50. So it's fair, not like he was the youngest AEW champion in history up to that point. <laughs> let's, yeah. not take, let's not say he's old. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. I still love that video. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like I, I, what I don't actually have issues with the way the match was booked. I, I get why they did what they did. They wanted to protect the jackhammer. They gave him a bunch of spears. They gave him, now it didn't necessarily work out the way that they probably wrote it up. Like it didn't look good. It wasn't 
you know, ideally delivered the way that you would hope these guys could do it in the ring. I get all that, and it doesn't look good, but I don't necessarily blame anybody for it. But I do still blame WWE for walking themselves into this. Like, no, that's I'll, absolutely, I'll, gonna, absolutely uh, unacceptable. I'll, I'll argue that. I would still blame WWE for the way the match ended because we saw this with Undertaker and Goldberg the last time. Goldberg right now isn't at the point where he can – he's not wrestling often enough to get a rhythm – to where he could be trusted yeah, but, to have a nice finish yeah, like that. This is twice now. You can't compare the Undertaker Goldberg match though, because Goldberg was concussed, dude. Like that's what he, I'm saying. He though, was not, happen- He's not. Yeah, but, he was. This is just a matter of the guy being tired and gassed and didn't have the the grip strength to grab onto the guy. Well, one. He Whereas was Undertaker, he was he was like half with it. Yeah, no, in that Undertaker match, he, was he wasn't concussed. even in it. Like no, but that's because he just he's not trained to be professional wrestling anymore. He doesn't do this often enough to be able to you know work. I'm not saying safely. But to be aware of everything, and I know it's a freak accident. Anything it can happen to anybody, but this is twice now with Goldberg, where you're seeing that he just—it's not Goldberg, it's anybody. If you're out of the business for that long, of course you're going to look a little bit rusty, and things are going to happen because of that. And and I think that we had an issue with the concussion angle just because we knew that Goldberg isn't the same Goldberg he once was. And even when he was, you know, on top, Goldberg wasn't this guy putting on 15, 20 minute classics. Goldberg was always the kind of guy that's going to go out there do a spear, a jackhammer, and win the match. So now you're expecting him to do this without any experience. He comes in there once every you know year at this point, let's say, or six months or whatever it is. Things are going to go wrong. I'm, sh- I'm shocked it doesn't go wrong for more of the actual seasoned vets who are doing it you know, day in and day out. Wrestling is crazy difficult. So you got a guy who's 53 years old, by the way, f- about four years older than Jericho, I checked. And, uh, and of course things are going to go wrong. That's just to be expected. So WWE has to expect things like this to happen and think, well, if it goes wrong, how's it going to look? And yeah, it went really uh, wrong. I, I blame I I completely blame on this all on the fact that they just changed their minds last minute. Like oh, I think, I blame WWE in the first yeah, place. Yeah. I think you can book Goldberg, and I think you can still use Goldberg. And yes, I think you I can agree. use guys like Hulk Hogan, and I think you guys like Ric Flair. I think you guys like Sting and the Undertaker. I think you can use all these guys properly, but yep. you got to plan it out better. And they didn't do that here. Like they just clearly were like, oh, oh crap. Mm-hmm. This needs to change. How do we change it? And it didn't go the way they would have liked. Like, I am the first one to be shocked by that whole, the first Goldberg-Brock Lesnar match when he returned and he beat Goldberg, or beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I loved it. And Me I thought too. it was perfect. It. Like, it was absolutely well-delivered and well-done. And you Because could do it that was one sphere and it was done. The sure. style just sells. Yeah, but you can't do that with the Fiend because you got to deliver four or five spears, and they only wanted to do one jackhammer because they wanted to protect the one jackhammer. Like they needed that finisher to be strong, 100%. so that you believe when he fought whoever he fought at WrestleMania, which now turns out to be Roman Reigns, that you would buy that he could beat Roman Reigns with it. Like that's absolutely why they only did one. Right? I agree with you. Right? Like, I, I got no issue with that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I mean, it just—I mean, I think we're both on the same page. They need to plan this out better. Yeah. They didn't do it. Now they're feeling the consequences of it. But at the same time, we watched SmackDown and one line from Goldberg. It's not about who's last; it's about who's next. And they moved on. Like they absolutely just forgot that Super Show had even happened. Yeah, moved completely on. And Goldberg's now going with Roman Reigns and Fina, uh, Cena, and the Fiend are partnered up together. Like they just trashed the super showdown they just threw it away and they're like ah whatever it happened and it's funny how they can get away with it like did you notice the crowd didn't really care like they booed Goldberg when he came out but by the end yeah. of it all it was all back to normal it was actually a good crowd in boston and i'm not saying that as my boston bias like even when john cena came out 
Um, just to like, kind of divert from that for a second, John Cena, I haven't heard him not get booed or like have a split like you know down the middle chant in like 15 years. Like yeah. Boston, I, Boston's I, one of the I, harsher I, crowds. Sure, and I think it was smart that they they teased the idea that Cena was not going to be a part of the show. Right, I think that was good because there was no, you knew he was gonna, but yeah. you you played it off as though I don't really think I deserve it. You know, blah 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 blah. And he, he didn't overdo it, right? And that, that was helpful. And people would like to... I think people do actually want to see The Fiend versus John Cena. Like, I, I, want I think to it is... I'm cool with it. Yeah, I think I don't want to say it's a dream match, but it's definitely a match. I mean, and they have a history, right? They've wrestled twice already at a WrestleMania, yeah. I think. Um, uh, but once, for sure. But, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like, so there's a history there. So I, I'm okay with it. But, yeah, I just was... All these people that are all bent out of shape that the the fiend lost to Goldberg, I sort of get it, but I I'm not as taken aback by that. I just didn't like that WWE didn't see this coming, and they totally should have. And that that really bugs me. As far as the WrestleMania matches go, I actually think this is shaping up to be a pretty spectacular card. Mm-hmm. Like there are some super duper awesome matches on there. The only thing I wish I would have like I I like AJ Styles and the Undertaker. I just would have liked to see Sting and The Undertaker. If you're going all nostalgia, well, shoot, go all nostalgia then. But can you know Sting what I mean? Like, is he actually? Who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> They've already got Goldberg on there. They've already got you know. Maybe that's why. Whatever. Put Hogan on there. Like, you're gonna do it. Go all the way. You know what I mean? So let's let's, let's just recap as well, what WrestleMania is. Go too, all after. in with the crappy old guys. If that's what you're gonna do, do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be sure. Sting and The Undertaker. Sting and The Undertaker would have been totally cool with me. If only for the end, like I would have, I would have marked out for five minutes just watching a walk to the ring. I'll like, say, I, I think they should do that at SummerSlam or anything, if anything, because you want Sting to win that a match. Scream WrestleMania match to you? Of course, those does, two guys absolutely to have to be on a WrestleMania card. Like that's yeah. that just seems like a no brainer to me. Like they absolutely, if you're ever gonna put those two in the ring together, it's got to be WrestleMania. Sure, but then SummerSlam should be both anyway. as big as WrestleMania, but in the summer. Like I, don't I know, I don't, I honestly, I don't know. I could be surprised by this, and I hope that I am. I think AJ is a perfect opponent for the Undertaker, but I don't still necessarily think he's going to pull a great. You know what I mean? Like AJ Styles is going to look good, but I, I mean, you saw the choke slam. Yeah, I think you saw the choke. It was it was awful, right? That's just whatever. Like I think no matter how good you are in the ring, if the other guy has tr- troubles, he's got troubles. So. I don't know that this is going to be a classic by any means. So if you're going to already have a crap show, you might as well make it all the way and just go staying in Undertaker, right? But anyway, well, AJ Styles other than that, on a four-star match with anybody. Like, even if it's Undertaker who can barely move, even if it was Shane McMahon who we thought, like, you know, what what is this guy in the ring? Like, he can put on a, a, a clinic with anyone. I like Shane McMahon, except that he can't throw a punch to save his life. But well, sorry, AJ Styles... The issue is he throws a real punch and, it, it, you know, potatoes them in the face and then they get black eyes because of it or that he misses completely because yeah. he's afraid to do it. And he's talked about it in the past, too. He hits uh, Taker square in the face. And it was at Ray, uh, Mania years ago. And then he was talking about that. And he's like, I did it. And I was like, I'm dead. So he's there back in Gorilla, head down. And Taker comes back. And he goes and he hugs him. He's like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's fine. You'll get it back later. And then at one point uh, in a later match, Shane, like, kicked him. It was like a, a sharp kick to, like, the leg. And Taker just stands there and he says, ow. And then he, he, he clocked him so hard. And he's like, I saw stars. Like, legitimately just, like, gold stars, which... They laughed about that's legitimately a concussion, but anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> they uh, you know Undertaker and, and Shane like 
that they're good friends, and Shane clocked him right in the face, and he, even he was scared at that point. So Shane is going to either clock him clear in the face, or he's going to miss wildly because he's afraid to clock someone clear in the face. So I think yeah. that's the issue with his punches. Well, uh, yeah, they just. I hope that's not what he looks like when he's really fighting somebody. <laughs> I just. I think the idea here is that AJ Styles can wrestle a broom and look good, and that's what I they're agree. going for here. Right? I would like to see AJ Styles versus yeah. a broom WrestleMania. <laughs> like, give me that match. I'm totally cool with it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Okay, so we've talked about at great length that super. Do we want to quickly stuff. go over so, because there was another massive title change? Oh wait, sorry. Not yet. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, we could talk about it a little bit, like, cause, but there's so much of it hasn't been. Like, we know Undertaker, AJ Styles. We know Roman Reigns. We know and Goldberg. We know John Cena and the Fiend. There's we still a lot from Charlotte the SmackDown side. The NXT title. That's I'm awesome. Okay. That's going to be great. You know, like, and, and Shayna Baszler and Becky Lynch, I think will be a good match, too. Yeah. 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 I think the women's stuff is is being set up very well. Whereas it's the perfect. guy stuff, yeah, I think the guy stuff is being thrown together last minute. The women's stuff has been thought out. But, I mean, I'm meticulously excited for, for Lesnar versus I'm really excited for that. Yeah, but you know what? Here's my question. I think... Drew McIntyre is going to get screwed here because of all these last minute changes. How many titles can you change at one WrestleMania? Like, would they dare change every title? Because look at it this way. Like Roman Reigns is going to be Goldberg. Like we we got to think that's, that's happening. That's one. Shane Baszler is probably going to be Becky Lynch. That's possible too. I've heard anyway that that Becky Lynch is taking a hiatus after WrestleMania. So just like Shane Baszler, they they want yeah, just give her some time off. I think her and Seth Rollins might even get married. Like I think that they're a long time too. So she yeah, and I think they want to push Shane Baszler right. I agree. Um, I don't. I don't think Charlotte's going to beat Rhea Ripley because they don't see Charlotte going to NXT. But maybe they do something strange that nobody. That would be cool, right? It would be a really cool twist. I'm sure there'll be a a tag team title change on one of the brands, Um, but. If you have heavyweight title changes, which we do, does WWE typically change both the Universal title and the WWE Championship? Probably not, right? And if you're going to change the Universal title, then maybe you got to push back the the win for Drew McIntyre, and you're taking away his WrestleMania moment, which really sucks because people are expecting. What's that? WrestleMania 21. That was when Batista and Cena both won the titles, right? Yeah. All, all I'm saying is. It's Pretty rare, and what I'm getting at is well, yeah, going back this years we, got, at this point. <laughs> we got it. We got to give Roman Reigns a title. So can we really switch it on to Drew McIntyre? Because then we've got all these. Like I don't know that they'll do it, and if they don't do it, and he's the domino that falls because of it, that's that's brutal. I mean, if you let Drew McIntyre like, go on last, then the Roman Reigns only did your decision. But now you affected the guy, the guy you really want to push, right? What's that? If you let Roman Reigns go on and and to beat Goldberg, that's fine. Drew McIntyre go, and that match obviously is going to get mixed reactions, like we said, because fans are going to be mad either way, um, to a certain extent. At least I mean, some last of year they, I guess last year they did it right, like Kofi won and Seth Rollins won, right? Isn't that what happened? Uh, yeah, opening no, match, Seth Rollins won, and, and Kofi beat Daniel Bryan. So what right, they so, have done, yeah, maybe it wasn't 15 years ago, maybe it was as recent as that. And obviously, there's there's probably something between too. But I agree with you; it's not like it's a, a common thing. But I think that they can definitely get away with making McIntyre the champion and uh, Reigns the champion. I'm just and, what I'm getting at is they're going to give it a second thought now. You know what I mean? Like they sure. might have just said McIntyre's our guy. We're going to push him. He deserves this. We've written the story and this comeback of the century kind of deal, right? Like that's what they're pushing with McIntyre is that he was this guy who who flunked out of WWE. 
He went over and took over the independent scene. He came back. He ran NXT for a year. And now he's on fire again, and he's the guy that we're moving forward with. That's kind of what the story is they're writing here. And if you don't give him the title at the end of that story, what does that look like? So that they're even going to consider maybe not doing it is where I'm going with this. It's like, I don't know how you don't give it to him. And because of the Roman Reigns stuff, maybe they'll give pause to it. And not a hate because he's got to win to me. Drew McIntyre's mm-hmm. got to win this. I agree. Like, you know, that's your WrestleMania moment right there. Not Roman Reigns winning. Nobody cares that Roman Reigns is going to win. Everybody winning is the like, if you don't do that, that's a real bummer. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, we will cover the WrestleMania card extensively. I think there's going to be more matches figured out tonight and on Friday. Obviously, they're building towards Elimination Chamber, so there's going to be some hiccups before that. But yeah. we'll definitely go over the WrestleMania card in great detail because there's a lot to talk about. But it just hasn't been figured out yet, especially this Yeah, we, have, we have time to do it as well. Like, like I said, next month. It doesn't have to be now. Right. Um, okay, so let's let's swap over to Revolution then. Because before after this, I want to talk about one of the guys that is rumored to show up in AEW. So, John Moxley beats Chris Jericho. You're a huge Actually, Jericho fan. Wait, wait, wait. Before this... I'm I'm a what? big fan of Miz and Morrison winning the tag team titles. Okay, because you like the fact that they gave Morrison something right away. Or... Yeah, and also I mean just in general, I think the whole thing went well. They be they legitimate heel tag team. Um, they have history. It just it felt right. It, it was good yeah. to me. I'm good. Right. Good okay, revolution. And <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's start with the heavyweight title, but we'll talk about some other matches too. So the heavyweight championship match. Here's what I I liked the match, but the match was a little scary for me because. That could have gone badly. Like, Moxley locked himself silly. Like, he ran his head into that post. He got a concussion immediately. He's seeing stars. You could tell the match slowed down, and Chris Jericho's like, oh, crap. And so he's trash-talking him, and he's killing time. But what a veteran, right? Yeah, but, I mean, imagine just a simple mistake like Moxley overselling and ramming his head into a pole could have affected that entire match, and that was their big buildup. Like, that was the thing that AEW was doing for 2020, was giving Moxley the title from Jericho. Like, that could have gone very badly. It worked out. He's fine. He's going to be on Dynamite on Wednesday, from what I understand. He doesn't have a concussion issue of any kind. But just just that stuff. Like, that's my issue with AEW, is that sometimes they overdo what they're doing. That said, I, I like the match. And I'm not a huge fan. But I like the win here because he's probably their biggest star, even though maybe Jericho's the most overstar. And there's some guys pushing the envelope like Darby Allen and stuff like that. And even Orange Cassidy. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, but boy. <laughs> um, Mox- Moxley's their biggest their biggest star. And so you you probably should put the title on him. So I'm good with it. What did you think? So uh, I agree with you. They they push the envelope a lot of the time. Sometimes it's by accident. But it, the fact is WWE takes away these situations by keeping things as safe as possible and, and things kind of like routine and uniform, right? So yeah, there was an issue with like the chair shot back with I talked about before with Spears and Cody. The chair was yeah. gimmicked, but he caught him with a little bit of metal. Cody leans a little bit too far. It's just a freak accident, and he got ten staples in his head. No concussion, but ten staples in his head. And it's we talked about it, and it was we saw it was a stupid angle because the chair shot shouldn't happen. Of course, um, they tried to prevent it, but things do happen. You have Darby Allen twice doing like that suicide dive out of the ring. One of them for like a diving headbutt on, like onto the apron, like his foot got caught and everything. It was just dangerous. Things like this are going to go wrong at some point. We've already seen them kind of go wrong, and we're lucky it hasn't been like a catastrophe. Um, but you're right. I mean, they push it too far sometimes. But giving Mox the title makes sense. It also, I'm curious what they're going to do because 
so we, we figured Adam Page is in line to eventually be like their top guy, right? Like we think he's going to be a guy they're going to push to the moon at some point. And they're already kind of starting this. He's kind of got that heel turn coming with the Young Bucks and Omega. They've had that tension since the, uh, you know, the, the inception of that tag team. Well, he like spit in the face of one of the Bucks. And, and maybe if Moxley says his face, they can set up this whole Page versus Moxley thing down the line. Because, sure. you know, Page will become that heel. Eventually, I, I assume it's going to be him and Omega first in that feud. Yeah, then, like if you watched the end of that tag match, he gave him that little stare. Like I don't know yeah. how many people caught it. But They've done like that he's for holding weeks the ropes now. for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and he gave him that one, one, one look like he was just call that move where he, the eighteen close like thing where he jumps over the ropes. And he, I don't know what the finish is called, but he just gave him that tiny little glance like he was about to do it to Omega, and they didn't do it, and they hugged and they walked away. So you know they're setting up. I hundred percent agree with you. Adam Page will be you know that heel that moves on to battle for the title, but that's going to take some time. Like we're talking about maybe a month, two months here before oh, I'm they even more, get I'm to. I'm talking way more than that. I'm talking like six months. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I like what AEW is. They some, they both these things properly. Right now, Moxley's probably going to have something set up with one of the other members of the inner circle, or that whole inner circle. If Jericho is gone during the summer, like I said, for that, that cruise, the beauty of that is you can still have him like sitting in some room somewhere, putting on a vignette or something, and have the inner circle doing his like work for him. There's Santana Ortiz, there's Sammy Guevara, there's Jake Hager. Like, you've got these guys here that can still put on matches and, and be really good at what they do. And and Jericho doesn't have to physically be there to be relevant. So John Moxley and the Inner Circle can still have that long-standing feud. Maybe someone else comes in, like we've seen them, like randomly put together certain people just to give us a good match. And, and I'm fine with that at times. Uh, you don't want to see the same match every single week, right? right? So you have John Moxley on top. He's the face. It is different than we drew it up. Because I remember saying that Chris Jericho winning the, uh, the world title first made sense because Adam Page... You want the, the the chase is what matters the most. So if you have Adam Page for months trying to get the title and finally he gets it, that's golden. That's beautiful. But now that he's the heel, it's a completely different story. Because he's not going to have yeah. that build up for that chase. So I'm very curious what they're going to do with that. Um, maybe we're wrong. Maybe they flip this whole thing and Kenny Omega turns heel, right? Because Adam Page is such he's so over right now that it would be almost hard to turn him heel. But that also seems like it's the most opportune time. Uh, it's beautiful because we don't know what's going to happen. And I love it. There's so much potential. And we're just talking about Adam Page and Mox right now. You've also got Kenny Omega. You've got Darby Allen. You've got Cody. You've got MJF. You've got so many stars that, like, obviously people aren't going to look at them as superstars right now. But I'm looking at these guys, and I see money. And if I'm if I'm booking backstage, I'm seeing all these guys, even Pac, you know, we're looking at these guys, and we're saying, oh, my God, these guys have the potential to tear the roof off the place every single night. So you have Pops infinite options. Guy, I would pick. You say yeah. that name, and I, that immediately makes sense to me. I mean, he's got, he's got everything AEW is asking for, right? Like, he's, yeah, Pac versus Moxley, because Pac's got the winning record, and that's important yep. to AEW, even though I think it's insanely stupid. Um, I'm fine with I it. I think that, I, th- but it paints them into corners, and we've been talking about that this whole show. But like, they you haven't can't, read it yet. Well, they have. Well, you know here's what I mean? the thing, though. You can, you look can at, lose at it already. Like, Cody, look at it already. Cody Rhodes has a stipulation with MJF that if he, like, he's not with MJF, but in his previous match where if he loses, he doesn't get to fight for the AEW title again. Well, he lost. So now they're going to have to bend that rule or break it to have him battle at some point with John Moxley. Even John Moxley said that in the press conference. He's like, I'm willing to waive the rule. They just got to, so they got to throw that out. They, they can't put Jake Hager in there, who I would put there, because he's only wrestled like once, right? So you can't make the number one contender a guy who's 1 0. No, like, you know that's what why I mean? you build that up, though. It's not, it's not supposed yeah, to be an open Yeah, but how long does that take? You can't well, even necessarily have Hager. He, he could wrestle the next four Wednesdays in a row, 
when well, only be five and zero, and he still might not be the guy. Like so, at their next pay per view, you can't go Hager and Moxley. You know what I mean? Like it just you. It makes sense to do well, it no, but because the he's, not Moxley he's anyway, though. Well, I know, but still, like when how are you gonna you're gonna have everybody else lose and they're not the number one? You know what I mean? It just there's so many question marks around that record, and it's you can already tell it's even biased. Like they they frame it and shape it in whatever sure. way it sort of works. Like this is unsanctioned, right? or this guy, well, he, he won the match. This is a record in AEW, but this yeah. is a record overall in 2020. Stuff like that. I agree with you. There yeah, are, I guess that's the theory I'm fine with that. on paper why they're doing it, but they've already had to and because it, it has, and so now they're finding that it maybe creates more hurdles than it does actually help them, and. It's going to be, if it isn't yet, and it hasn't, it will be a huge hiccup that they're like, oh, man, like, what are we going to do here, right? Um, but the natural thing for me is to go, Jake Hager comes in, tries to defend Chris Jericho's honor, because of all the guys in the inner circle, he's the guy. He's yeah. the one that you think could hurt Moxley the most, one that makes the most sense, but you can't do it based on this win-loss record thing. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff. But Paul just you know, destroyed Orange Cassidy. He's beaten a lot of people. He's beaten Omega. He's beaten all these people. He's got the record. He is a legitimate contender for the title. And I don't see this Orange Cassidy thing being prolonged. So why not move him on to the title picture? Because he thinks he deserves it, right? And that like, makes, and that makes I could see that. A heel who would then give Adam Page the chance to have, let's say, Kenny Omega turns... Because uh, you could have Omega and Young Bucks be a team as a heel faction and then have... Adam Page be that baby face, and then he overcomes that, and eventually he goes on for the title, right? That's the plan. You could have Pac versus um, Adam Page down the line. Like, that's this is what we were thinking about for double yeah, or nothing. Yeah, yeah, way down the line. Like, I think you need to do what you were saying. Take your time with the Adam Page and Kenny Omega stuff. Let them, like the old mega powers, you know, when Macho Man and Hogan turned yeah. on, and Macho turned. Like, that's what you're doing. I'm talking that's what year you're long booking here. Take your time, yeah. right? I'm yeah. talking year, year plus long booking of, and honestly, things change. But forecast this and try and stick to it as best you can because there is just money that can happen with this. And, and, I, and I, man, I wish WWE would look at stuff like this and and have the you know the the wherewithal to plan ahead because I don't really know what long term plans you can have with WWE right now that matter. But as well, far as AEW goes, there's in so their much. defense though. In their defense though, WWE has so much programming. Like, but that's, two, that's three shows a week. Bit. Yeah. Which, to the credit, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Uh, if you could make money from all of them, why but, wouldn't you do uh, it? it? Like, looking, what's that? And I was saying, if you have the the ability to put on three shows, plus main event, plus superstars, plus the network, plus this, plus that, why would and pay-per-view every single month, and you could make money off of all of them, why wouldn't you just do it all? So, like, yeah, it, it's a, a discredit to say, well, they have 800 superstars and 35 shows, and they've they got to try and fill content. And, yeah, of course there's going to be issues that arise from it. But if they're making money, it's a business. Why wouldn't? Well, they? what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you can't continue to put the same people on Mondays for four months at a time and not have fans complain that that's the only thing you see. I mean, look at like Rusev. And Ra- I mean, it's a dumb angle, saying, so maybe it's not that. a great example. Well, they don't. What other choice do you have if you're going to have yeah, long term six month to a year long booking, right? Like you got to make quicker decisions. You got to have more title changes. I disagree because you have that you can't stretch it out over eight months because people would, it was you. back it was different back in the day when all you had was a Saturday night's main event and a pay per view four of them a year. No, but right? you could actually like push ten years ago, fifteen years ago when it was just Raw and SmackDown. You had the ability to like long term book Cena and Edge and like Cena and Orton. Those were long term bookings that lasted like six months. Sometimes you had 
you know, Benoit and, and Ed Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and like these guys going in, into these feuds that were lasting for months. And even now, it, it must seem to have like Roman Reigns had the idea of an offseason. I don't agree with an offseason entirely. You don't want to not have Raw or SmackDown for two months or a month or whatever. But if you give a certain wrestler, this guy's gone for two, three weeks or a month and he gets a chance to just recover his injuries and stuff, then you open the, the possibility to keep guys fresh. Or even you don't have to always have the same two guys in a match four times and have them pay-per-view. You could have, you know, Cody Rhodes can't wrestle MJF, but they've got promos and stuff going on for four weeks, and it's interesting every single time, right? So well, I, I, I think trick. is it interesting every single time? Like I would argue that it won't be, right? Like, well, that's where you're paid to make the proper booking decisions. The right guy. I just said, hey, Cody. Well, in AEW, there is no booking decisions, right? Like these guys just talk to each other and say, let's do this. Like, yeah, but it's, it's great. If you listen to Jer- Jericho's interviews and Moxie's interviews, there's no booking committee. They just, yeah. just figure it out, right? Yeah, so but isn't that what wrestling I guess that there's, well, three, like, there's like agents who say like, hey, this is the plan. This guy's going over, and you say, awesome. Let's book this down to you know the next few months. Like the sure. wrestlers, Collabor- about, like, collaboration is good. I will give you that 100. percent And so it's not always great to have that one guy who controls everything, but. There's going to come a time in AEW, I can guarantee it, without a main guy, without someone running the show for everyone, there's going to be a problem, right? Are you because saying that guys are going to put heads. Or are you saying that? Sure, but any promotion that works that way, right? When you have all these guys collaborating and there's no one true boss, you're going to run into that issue. I mean, Ring like, of Honor just, and New it, Japan were still fine. Like, even like to the point where Omega was looking for a match from forever. He wanted a match for Wrestle Kingdom, couldn't find one. And then the possibility for the Jericho match came up. That wasn't like put together by New Japan. That was put together by like, you know, the powers that be with like the mutual sources and mutual um, connections between Omega and Jericho. Jericho's not going back to WWE. He's able to go to New Japan for a bit, blah, blah, blah. That's not just some guy saying, hey, we're going to put this Oil together. Oil and water. You. Oh, man. Well, sure. Uh, it's not. It's not Apple's. You can't compare it, it, New Japan and, and AEW. Like you just can't. They're no, but two, that's, they're that's oil. Well, we can't compare WCW to AEW either. Well, they compare themselves to WCW. Well, of course they do because Cody's there, <laughs> and there's the whole Dusty and Shivani, and like they, yeah, they're but very they much talk built like about those. how they're like in many ways WCW. So why can't we? If they're gonna do it, because I, do I, it. I think I mean I agree with you. So I, I phrase it incorrectly. Yes, you can definitely compare it. To WCW because even the presentation is almost WCW like, but it's like the best parts of WCW before things went down. You know, when it was a legitimate competition before, and you know what? I see what you're saying. As I'm saying it out loud, things eventually came to a head, and that's when things went wrong in WCW. I agree with you, but I don't think it's as simple as that. I think there is still some sort of backstage decision making that goes on, and people understand that it's still a business. Um, that being said, you could be 100% right. And you know you could be totally right, and, and they this this could come out from underneath them, and AEW could fall apart just because they don't have that. Oh, know. I'm not suggesting AEW is going to fall apart. No, I know, I know that. No, yeah. I know that. Like, no, I, 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 I don't think, think that. I think they're smart enough not to make the same decisions WCW made. But I think you're saying then... they could be putting themselves in a situation where things could go wrong because they have so many well, big and, personalities. And they, they have an own, they have an owner who gives a shit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they got Tony Khan who likes wrestling versus Ted Turner. And TNT and all these guys who couldn't care less that there was a wrestling product. They just just wanted the ratings money. That was it. Right. And I also don't necessarily think that having just a guy like Vince McMahon run everything is a good idea. But you need that guy who calls the final shot because if you don't, you have chaos. And I don't 
AEW is not there yet. I'm not suggesting that. I don't think they're going to be WCW and fold like WCW is because they had the soldiers or the inmates running the asylum. I'm not getting. I'm not going there. But what I'm saying is, when you have no booking and you have people just coming together and saying, "Let's do this," okay, let's build on this, and let's, which is good, until it isn't, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, this could be problematic. And my only reason I'm bringing this up at all is because. If we're comparing WWE and AEW, AEW has one show a week and one pay-per-view a month. And Side WWE month, has like once every like three months. Right. Almost, yeah. And WWE has three shows a week and at least mm-hmm. a pay-per-view a month plus Super Showdown plus any primetime stuff that they plus might NXT do and special shows. They do. Yeah. Right. So it, it's different, right? And I'm not saying one is better than it's just different. And it's a okay. This is 100% for this guy. It's different. And that's all I, I'm getting at. But I agree yeah, with you, but it's, I think it's there's tough. still ways around it. It's not, it's not going to be the same thing where you can book it as easily, but I think there's definitely long-term booking that can happen if they just try. Even for some things that, like, like you, I mean, the, our biggest issue right now with going into WrestleMania or at least Elimination Chamber is all these last-second changes, right? So all we're asking for is some continuity where they just have a plan, they try and stick yes. with it, and not, like, getting cold feet at the last second and changing it. And this man 100%. will change his mind 20 times in a day. And that's nothing against him. Look, this guy made this... The, he changed the industry. 100%. Anyone that says otherwise is, is crazy. He changed this. He made wrestling what it is and, and sports entertainment what it is. 100%. But right now... Yeah. No, no, just, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that you need to have some sort of long-term booking. I guess what I'm arguing is that you need to define long-term. You know, like, yeah. what's actually long-term? Six months? Eight months? Two months, like I think, yeah, long term now, it's not going to be the same different thing. Long term was ten years ago, sure. and it's different than long term was ten years before that. Because ten years before that, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, WWE was an entirely different beast, and you could do a lot long term, a lot more long term stuff because you weren't on TV as much. People mm-hmm. didn't get sick of it as often, and you didn't have fans complaining on the internet all the time because these guys were t- on TV doing a program and the same matches over and over and over again. Right? Fans if you did that today, too smart it wouldn't work. Right, we're almost yes. too smart for our own good, and I, I don't say smart like we're intelligent. I say like we're, we're we're too aware of everything that goes on to the point where it almost clouds what we see, and we we're can't some, enjoy. Wrestling we're somewhat wrestling. ruining it for ourselves. Like, that's, oh, for sure. That's at least, reality. but yeah. that's why. But AEW isn't ruined for me, which is crazy no, no, to no. me. Not yet, but but like the fact that they're doing things so well, and look, AEW is not perfect. Dynamite's not dynamite every single week. No, I mean pun and very much intended, but no, like actual. It's not haha funny. It's just yeah, 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 it's yeah. not. It's not going to blow the, the roof of the place every single week. Not every match is going to hit. But you also, I mean, even this most recent pay per view, you didn't see. No, Santana my, I, I like AEW strategy. In what sense? Yeah. No, I think their approach is good. My only issues with AEW is that sometimes I'm not, I'm not into their match booking decisions. Well, there's like, they're an indie, the indie company trying to be a mainstream company. And yeah, they are a mainstream well, company. I'll give you a good example. I, I thought the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Adam Page match was crazy cool. Yeah. But there were times watching it that I was like, I don't know if I'm into this. Like, no one could beat anyone. And sure. that's, co- that's cool. But then you're on the verge of like, this is almost too much. Like, now, I remember that feeling that way with the Johnny Gargano-Adam Cole match. When... There were like so match, many kickouts. It was neat. It was a really cool match. I thought it was even match of the year quality. But I did take a little bit of an issue going, no one can beat anybody. And no one's keeping anyone down with a finisher of any kind and becomes not even a finisher anymore. Like, those guys delivered every finisher they had in the book to each other, and they all kicked out of them. Repeatedly. 
Yeah, and right? it's not like so it's like was... um, I could go back to an example of WrestleMania 23 again. Undertaker with the choke slam, but he's with the spear. Undertaker with the last ride, but he's with the spine buster. Undertaker with the tombstone or whatever. Eventually, Batista hit the Batista bomb as well. So there's only one real finish that uh, got kicked out of, and Undertaker's tombstone finished it. But you're talking about like the last shot or whatever, like 17 times, and you're talking yeah, about like, like you know here's, the here's Gargano. Uh, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a really good match, a super entertaining. But what do you do now? If you're Kenny Omega or Adam Page or the Young Bucks and you go to deliver that finisher one time to somebody else and it works, like it's almost a little unbelievable because you you gave it to somebody else so many times and that didn't work. It's yeah. hard to expect now that you're giving it to someone one time. Oh, hey, by the way, I must have done it better this time. You know what I mean? It's just Finishers a little aren't weird. Protected like they used to be. The same way the no. Mandible Claw. The Mandible Claw was it was devastating just now, right? Like for the last like yeah, two months, two devastating. Months. But then all of a sudden Goldberg kicks out of it like multiple times. Right, so, I mean, I mean, and don't get on the fiend is ruining that too. Like it is, it is what it is. <laughs> sure, like, but he, in he general, protecting finishers matters. If, if he was the only one that did it, it would be a little different. Like Hogan did it way back in the day. You delivered your match, you, but they booked it properly. Like Hogan kicked out of your finisher once. Everyone was shocked. He hulked up. Then he won. Like he's the only guy the that stunner. can do it right no now. It's uncommon. Yeah. Right, except for but, Big Show once on a dark and a dark. Yeah, but, but when they do, it's a huge deal. Now it's not a, that's not even a thing anymore. Like you, can't, you expect people to kick, and in NXT, for example, you expect on big matches that they're going to kick out of each other's finishers two, three, four times. Like it's just the way that it is now. But that's like, very much so. Like that match was the market weird. thing, right? Like where you have like this. It's very much a Young Bucks era thing, where or like a, a Bullet Club era thing, where. You, you, your finisher doesn't mean everything. And it's kind of unfortunate, but we're in a world now where, like, you can hit your finisher six times, and on the seventh time, you're finally going to win the match. And well, I agree with you. Ironic. It's ironic. They got this book called, you know, called Breaking the Business. And, <laughs> you know, oh. it's like, in some ways, what they're doing is cool for wrestling, but in other ways, don't break the business. Like, it was fine. It didn't need to be broken. Like, you, you broke something uh, that didn't need fixing. You know, that's I'll, I'll say in this, that way, I was a little break it? Did WWE break it? Oh, they all. Over time? I'm not just saying it's the Young Bucks. I'm not exclusively just saying they did it. Well, that's it, not what I'm saying. I'm saying did WWE ruin it different. beforehand to the point where the Young Bucks broke it in a different way to make it at least entertaining and cool? Sure, maybe. I don't know. I, I think it, it's also hard because if we're talking about all of this like it's a you know one grand scale thing, and not like it's you know changing by match by by day by night like every single uh match is different every card is different every uh, program is different every single company is different uh within themselves even so you're comparing apples to apples and, and oranges to oranges but you can't do that because everything is so different that the royal rumble was one of the best pay-per-views i've seen ever ever and then the super showdown was just trash and you're talking within like even like the royal rumble match itself i guess talk to you about it that first 15, uh, obviously people were furious about it. Like, well, this is horrible. But I was thinking, you know what? Maybe if Drew McIntyre comes out and then he eventually knocks out Lesnar, this makes him, this pushes him to be a legitimate, like, you know, this sets up their match of mania and this makes him look like a legitimate, like, you know, top guy. And that's what happened. I was like, good. That's awesome. They, this is the perfect end to the pay-per-view. So they actually, like, had the full pay-per-view front to, to bottom looked really good. Uh, but then again, like, the next night can just be terrible. Or, like, the next match can be terrible. Or the next match with these two specific people could be terrible because the psychology is off. So it's tough to compare like we're doing right now. Like everything is always static and, you know, AEW is always doing this. And w is always doing this. They're not. They always change things up. 
Um, and we also have to remember, and it's hard to do this sometimes, that NXT is WWE. So things are still being done right to an extent. But at the same time, like you said, if you're not, you're talking about old school psychology, I don't want to see a guy kick out of the finisher seven times because what's the point of a finisher then next week if he hits it and you're like, oh, well, like Goldberg, right? Like Brock Lesnar kicks out of the, uh, doesn't kind of the spear, the spear beats him immediately. And then all of a sudden some guy kicks out of four spears. Well, what does that say about Brock Lesnar? So I, I agree with yeah. you. I think there is a, and I, I, I've been thinking of this forever too, and we've talked about it before, where uh, finishers have to be protected and there has to be some kind of consistency with certain things. So, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, that match was okay. And it's, it was really neat and really fun and really good. But I, from like the, the angle you're putting into it, like the, the perspective you're giving into it, it's not what you want wrestling to be all the time. Uh, especially if you're looking, this is more of a build-up anyway, right? Like we're looking at this building up Page and Omega for the long term. Uh, did you yeah. see, it was a few weeks ago, Dynamite, Page and Omega versus the Lucha Bros? That match was unbelievable. You mean the one on the cruise ship? Uh, was that the, was, no, that's the one where they won the title? No, they, they that was when they beat Avenger. SCU. Yeah. No, I don't know if I actually saw that match. That match was unbelievable. Incredible. I, I recommend watching it if you haven't. Uh, it was like two weeks ago or something. Yeah. Really good match. And it, it was just well done. Uh, no kicked out of, of false finishes that I can remember anyway. Uh, the Young Bucks very much are are a different breed as far as wrestling goes. And I think they're they're the they're not the rule, they're the exception to it in, in wrestling, where you've got to just accept that like sometimes the finisher isn't gonna be the finisher. And that is very much true for guys like Adam Cole as well. Uh, or a guy like Johnny Gargano when you're trying to book this, you know, six month long feud. Right now we've got Gargano and Champa again. This is like a three year long feud. That's long term booking if I've ever seen it. And I care yeah, more about yeah, that. But it, there's an argument that people can be sick of it. Right. Okay, but before this feud, let's say, forget about this most recent one. You're talking about, you've got Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano had those three incredible matches. Like, incredible, one after another. That was great booking. You've got all the, I mean, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura, that was great. Uh, you, you can look at, I mean, I'm not even going to name all of them. There's dozens of just combinations over the last couple of years of NXT of long-term booking, like six months plus, that just came out with, you were so invested in one guy winning it and one guy being the good guy one guy being the bad guy that it made it, like, the pay-per-view eventually look so much better. And you can make a small guy look great. Like, when I say a small guy, I mean Jake Hager was nothing in WWE, right? Who cares? We talked about it right away. <laughs> the two big returns or, like, debuts were Goldust and Jack Swagger. Bravo. But they made it seem like, wow, uh, Jake Hager and Dustin Rhodes are there. That's awesome. You can make anything look good in wrestling. you just got to make it look good. And I think that comes with experience and that comes with... Um, just having the, the right uh, mentality. And McMahon has the experience, but the mentality might not be there right now because he might be thinking of a billion different things. So when it comes down to actually pulling the trigger on certain things, he might have so much on his mind that he can't actually process what the right call is. And that's understandable. Well, he's just thinking about making money. I mean, that's his job, right? Like, what makes me the most money? Like, I, think that's... He cares about, I think he cares about the business, though. I think he really does. Well, I think I, he's a way, but he it. he looks at the business differently than other people. He doesn't look at a wrestling business. It's a no, entertainment product that makes money. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, okay. Well, we've probably I, beaten this one to death. Let's, what, let's move on to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> well, only quickly because I wanted to say I'm I'm leaning towards fifty percent being wrong on Orange Cassidy and hey. not a hundred, and I'll tell you why. I'll take that. I I, I still I'm going to take that I, what, win right now. I'm happy. What, what I like about this. 
<laughs> if you remember back when I said I think it was it was a huge mistake to yes, to I think that Orange Cassidy is your star. Like I didn't really have an issue that they signed him, but I had an issue that they made such a big deal out of it. Well, they did what I didn't think they were gonna do, which is slow play the crap out of him, right? Yep. Like they did not push him hard at all. No, he was just and there that, casually in backgrounds of promos. That was a huge win because he yeah. slowly, just genuinely built momentum and you saw it on saturday like people went crazy for this guy and he's damn good and, oh he's a i didn't say he wasn't a bad wrestler other than wrestler. i don't like that his only gimmick is so unbelievable yeah. but it's great for entertainment value and they they've done the right thing with him i, I will they are I, you did say all this yes and i i i'm i'm changing my attitude a little bit as long as they can like if they continue to slow push him and let it just gradually build and they don't all of a sudden try to make him, you know, a huge, if he just becomes a star on his own, then he's great. not going to be their main star. He's just going to be a really good asset to have in the company. Well, you know, well like as R2. over as, as over as he is, it might be hard to not make him one of your big stars. Like hit him and Darby Allen and Darby Allen's a little different, but here's another push another Darby Allen to the little, moon. Little guy. <laughs> I love you Darby wouldn't Allen. look at him. Right. But, they're so popular, both of those guys, yeah. that I don't know if you're AEW how you don't make them a main event on a pay per view at some point. But then we've and got to see are they smart be, enough to actually process that and say, hey, this is something the fans want to see. We should do this. Or are they going to be like WWE in times and say, eh? Well, I think they're intentionally holding Orange Cassidy back. Like, I, I think that they are looking at it and how popular he is, and they're like just pulling on the reins, like, I know they want it. They want it. They want it. They want it. Let's just not give it to them yet. Right? Like they're just holding them back enough that the fans are just aching for it. And yeah. the more that they ache for it, the more popular he's going to get. The issue that I see happening is at some point they're going to have to let it go and say, okay, he's your guy now. And at that point, when does his gimmick not work for a main event match? Because there was like the pack stuff was interesting and pack wins and he should have. And he's a, you know, the the more extreme, better wrestler of the two. I mean, maybe not talent-wise. In the ring, I'm Pac's pretty good. But Orange Cassidy's good, too. But on paper, when you look at these two in AEW, Pac should win. Like, that's just the way that it should have gone, and yeah. it did. So that's good. But when Orange Cassidy becomes a massive star, are they going to do it right, and he'll be the underdog the whole way through and just somehow magically pull out a win? Or are they going to actually try to make it believable that he could beat a guy like Jericho or Moxley or Omega or whoever and try, I don't know, like, because Orange Cassidy shouldn't beat it. Like, the that his gimmick goes, he shouldn't be able to beat anybody without pulling out some sort of fluke, right? That's just the way that he's booked. But that's so I don't I'm know saying. how I don't to think, do this. I still don't think he ever is going to be that star that you're putting out to be. I think he's never going to be in the title picture. He's not going to be in the same, you know, class as a guy like Jericho or Moxley. Or, and that's nothing against them. But I think he he's aware of what his character is. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that he's very if what he's doing right now is perfect. Even having his packs like shocked me putting them together. And Pack played the game, you know, the light kicks back and forth and whatever, stopping with his hands in his pocket, like it was good. And eventually, you got to the point where like, hey, Orish Cassidy was actually wrestling and like running and like not going at a snail's pace, and that was cool. It was cool to see you know Cassidy do things different that we've seen him do in the last year, but. I don't think he's going to get to the point where it's like, well, this is your your number one star. 
I think there's already too many people in that situation that are ahead of them to where we can't even consider that being a factor right now. If I'm looking well, at well, AEW... Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm only giving it 50% because I want to see where the rest of this goes first yeah. before I fully change my mind and go, yeah, I was wrong. Like, they still have an opportunity to royally buy. But you're saying up. that I'm opt- it's, uh, uh, signs are looking good that I was right about so, signing him. So far... Things are looking good, like AEW's doing good. this right. And that's great. Awesome. If he becomes the next Mickey Whipwreck and he actually like he beats somebody and it's a total fluke and everybody loses their mind over it, cool. What they do after that is really gonna be their test. Like sure. what do how do they book this and are they smart enough to not go overboard with it? You know what I mean? And so yeah, I so but I do want to acknowledge that I thought that was a very cool moment on the pay-per-view. I thought it was it was really good, and I was entertained by it. Yeah. Um, last thing we should probably talk about before we go, Matt Hardy. I don't know yeah. how much you've seen or been watching about this. He's officially a free agent, right? But, like, But he went on first, and he officially called himself a free agent, which tells me a couple things. He might still sign with WWE. He said that he, he has the he, option he to still see that. them going there down the line, yeah. But, yeah, there's no reason but he might even do it right away. Like, if he... I just get the hint, unless he's trolling people, that he doesn't have a contract with AEW. Like, everybody's expecting him to come in on Wednesday, be the leader of the Dark Order, and that this is already a given. And Tony Khan wouldn't talk about it in the press conference after the show. He's like, I'm not commenting. He, I can't comment, which was interesting because everybody thought Hardy's contract was done the night before, but it wasn't actually. It was done it's last March night. March 1st, right? Yeah. Right. So the whole day of March 1st had to pass first. Um, so, yeah, he couldn't comment because that would have been tampering. But... I don't know, and the way he talked about his free the delete the series finale is going to be airing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him coming on Dynamite. Like I just, I think everybody's thinking it's him, and that it's not going to be him. So if it isn't him, does AEW really have an interest in him? And if they don't, what's he going to do? Like, does he go to MLW and everybody's like, oh my god, really? Like that's what he's doing? Or does he go to NWA? Because I think NWA would use him properly. Like, I. I don't know where he's going to go, but I, I'm getting the sense he is not. And then there's reports today from people that he's going to AEW, and it's a given. And I don't know that it is. Like, I could be wrong, but, like, I just get the feeling from watching that video that he clearly does not – he could be at home for the next two weeks. Like, he really doesn't know where he's going. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he knows where he's going either. I mean, I, we could be wrong about that. I think the best thing that happened to AEW is that all the speculation, like CM Punk, you know, we saw that forever. The speculation is great. Regardless of what happens, and I, to them. I think they're, I think they're doing that on purpose. Like, yeah, why I wouldn't you? Why would you make it like clear? Hey, we're not signing this guy. No, I would say, hey, we can't talk about things that we can't talk about. And then you're like, wow. Well, then what does that mean? Is that a sign? Probably well, yeah. not. I mean, it's it's totally <laughs> yeah. like, well, shoot, people are talking about him. We might as well take advantage <laughs> of it, right? And tease it too. And Free Hardy's marketing. teasing it like crazy. But yeah, like it just, I, I don't, I think this is all just a bunch of teases. And, and for Matt Hardy, they have another plan. And have had another plan for a really long time. My question to you is this. Not necessarily where Hardy's going to go, but if it isn't Hardy in AW, who do you think it is, and are you going to be super disappointed? I have no idea. I haven't thought enough about it to actually, like, I mean, like, no. Brody Lee, disappointed. maybe. You know, Luke Harper could be. Yeah, um, that, that makes is sense Is it Raven? He was, at the, he was at the show. He's sitting in the crowd, just, like, totally taking it in. Like, but are those people disappointing? Like, no, I don't they, think so. I everybody's think they, built up so badly that it's going to be hardy that if it isn't, are they going to be like, oh. No, I, I trust AEW to make the right decision right now. And I think that's good that we're at a point where I can look at this company and say, hey, whatever you're doing, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and say that long-term booking says that this could be better than we see on the service at the beginning. So well, I, as long as it's somebody people know, 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, making it a no name won't do any good. Bunny and Butcher and Blade making crap. It the, making it the gobbledygooker isn't going to be a good decision. Well, look how they've done a few things. Like, they've had some debuts for people no one's ever heard of. And if you're an independent wrestling fan, you know these guys. But, like, if you're not, which most of the crowd is not, no one had a clue who those guys were. And they just showed up. And AEW's done that a couple times now. So if you do that with this, like if you've been heavily promoting this Dark Order thing and the Exalted one and all this, and you put in a guy that no one knows, it better be some interesting looking dude because you got to have somebody in there that shocks the hell out of you and says, well, well that's so there's awesome. an obvious answer as to who it is. It's the bunny from the Rosebuds. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> but they, I, what I'm getting at is so that there's, okay a real, that. there's a really good chance this could all backfire and be... You know, Somebody that people don't care about. But anyway, I thought that was interesting. We've, we've been writing like crazy about Matt Hardy and stuff like that. Uh, Jeff Hardy, speaking of which, will be on backstage tomorrow night. So that'll be interesting to see what he says. He's still obviously part of WWE. It looks like they've extended his contract. But Hardy's done now, so we'll see where he goes. I don't know. Is there anything you want to cover in the last two minutes? I don't think so. I think that pretty much covered it. Okay. Uh, you confirmed that I'm correct about Orange Cassidy forever, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely it's, what was it's said. like me saying that that would be like me saying Dolph Ziggler is the best wrestler in the world you know that yeah, you never said happened. it clip it Dolph Ziggler's best wrestler yeah. in the world you just said it let's just edit the way that that was created that's and we'll make it sound bite. like I'm a big Dolph Ziggler yeah <laughs> Dolph Ziggler is only good for one thing making other people look including me yeah <laughs> except except that you want to win and he never does except he's given me if it doesn't tell you given. anything that he was booked to, to lose to Monsoor at Super Showdown should tell you everything you ever need to know, right? <laughs> that is Dolph Ziggler's job. It's his he only gave job. me a he gave me a career. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he put me on only the only gig. Lose to but you know what you're right. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, that's the deal. Like, but him losing is it, what made me like give me gave me this personality on on our show. So that's great. Him well, losing I mean, is that's what ever happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Man, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I'm, we, we've beaten the certain subjects to death. We won't beat them anymore. But uh, I appreciate you coming back on. We had a, some major changes that we needed to discuss. And uh, if it's not next week, it'll be the week after. It's just a matter of getting our schedules together. But I'm looking forward to Raw tonight. And I'm looking forward to Elimination Chamber in like a week. It feels like it's coming really fast. but um, And we have no real idea what to expect other than the two Elimination Chamber matches that we know of. So, um yeah, should be good. I appreciate you coming on again, man. Yeah, I mean, it's always a pleasure. We're uh, we're coming up on a year as well, right? Okay, man. Well, this is episode 47. So, we yeah. We were, like, right around WrestleMania when we had started. I think, yeah. I mean, we haven't done... We've do, we've been pretty consistent. We haven't done every week, though. So, we might be one or two weeks shy of a full week. So, yeah, probably a year right on. Not bad. Yep. Yeah, who knew, right? Uh, where we got? Anchor at IFM. We're the sportster.com, wrestlingitems.com, all your favorite podcast platforms. Any specific ones that you recommend for people? Uh, I mean, I use Spotify personally, but Apple Podcasts yeah. is good. You can always leave a review on that. Uh, Google yes, Podcasts. Do that. Go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. That super helps us out. Hey, if you leave a five star review, we can read it on the show. That's right. Yes, do that. If you. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell you that it wasn't last week, but the week before when we did our Royal Rumble show. That was our most listen to show in the thousands so we nice. appreciate people yeah doing that and listening and tuning in and that means that everyone maybe saw me be pop- correct about drew mcintyre there you or go heard me. But <laughs> I, that I was popped. good so we're we're building a little <laughs> momentum which is nice yeah 
All right, man. I'll uh, let's cut her off, but I will talk to you if not next week, right away. And uh, we look forward to Elimination Chamber. I'll talk to you soon. That's great. Talk soon. Hey.